ladies and gentlemen, this is not a test. You are about to tune into Wrestling with Monsters, the podcast, with your hosts, the Iron Man referee, Duke Randall, Major Freedom, and the Radishing One, String Bean. So tune in, sit back, relax, and enjoy Wrestling with Monsters, the podcast. Testing one, two, three. Is this thing on? Yep. I got you. Uh, five by five. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, brother, you just got in from a workout out here. Oh, yeah. I'm tired. You sound like it. <laughs> but I've been tired here lately anyway. Oh, boy. Hopefully you ain't got that Omnicron going around. No, just trying to get back in shape and uh, get ready for 2022. Right. You know, uh, Bigfoot investigations and everything, you know, and 80 degree weather in December has just got my sinuses all messed up. <laughs> you and you and about a thousand other people, brother. I tell you, we had 74 degree as a high on Christmas. We had 84. Bless your heart. I'm like, man, how can this be December? Right. Uh, what else is going on with you? Oh, man, it's just been one deal after another. I went and wrapped up on a podcast earlier today with Daniel Benoit on ECBRO Radio and then uh, finally started uploading my uh, latest episode of Duke Randall Outdoors, and there's a lot to share that went along with that one that didn't make the cut. But mm. Looking forward to seeing it. Oh, yeah. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, I was waiting on old Mr. Ben to jump on, and we will be ready. Yeah. Uh, but we can kill time while we're waiting on him. So, hello, everybody, and welcome to our New Year's Eve edition of Duke of uh, Wrestling with Monsters. I am the Iron Man referee, Duke Randall, along with a the leader of the Freedom Brigade, a very tired Major Freedom, Mr. Stacy Coughlin, and our cohort, the God of the Garden String Bean, Mr. Ben Bishop, will be joining us here soon. But um, I'd just go ahead and catch up while we're waiting on him. How was Christmas for you, my friend? Congratulations on the grandbaby, by the way. Yeah, yeah she, uh, she decided to make her presence known yesterday into this world and uh, couldn't be happier. Ten toes, ten fingers, and healthy as can be. <laughs> That's awesome, brother. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christmas is quiet. I like quiet days. Except for <laughs> the oldest grandchild. Um, he uh, he's, a hand, he's a handful, spit full of energy, but uh, it's kind of fun watching him run around. <laughs> I mean, it was relatively busy around here and everything. Of course, Amanda was going up north with her grandmother to her dad's for Christmas, and I was back down here, and we had about 13 people over and had a pretty good pretty good Christmas. And I liked everything I got except for one thing, and that was the new cowboy boots I went and I picked out. They were too tight on my feet to wear for too long. Mm. Yeah, they were Durango's. Well, 
my favorite pair of boots. They don't make no more. And uh, so uh, I've been upset about that for years. I mean, usually I'm uh, I wear Justin boots, but I went and I made a pickle on these kind, and then I went and I wore them to go see the new Spider-Man movie. And oh my God, I was kicking them off in the movie theater because my feet were killing me. Well, at least uh, you can kick them off in the theater; nobody notices. Uh, that trust me, I got a lot of looks. They noticed. <laughs> <laughs> they thought a stink bomb went off in the movie theater. Uh... Oh, well. I will say this, you know, I mean, we've had one hell of a good first year on this podcast. I mean, we have gone and we have done it all. We started our world tour, went to Japan, Mexico, interviewed quite a few wrestlers with uh, Brian Richards, Bud Galloway, Cash Borden, Edmund Livewire, McGuire, uh, covered a lot of good uh, shows with Stride Pro Wrestling and, of course, with Heath Hatton's match with AEW and uh, uh, AAPW with uh, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce for yep. the NWA title. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. It, it's been a lot of ground, but it's been fun to cover, you know, and uh, I mean, couldn't couldn't ask for a better time to enjoy everything that we've done. Um, we've had a lot of wrestlers on. Didn't get all the ones on, in that we wanted to, but you know, maybe in the next year, Savion Ayers will find his way to this program, and uh, we can put him on the hot seat. Definitely, definitely. And I will say this. Savion's actually working tonight. At the night that we're recording this on a Thursday night, he's actually wrestling tonight down in uh, Anna, Illinois for Anna Fight Underground, and he's facing none other than Stonewall. Oh, wow. And then Cash Borden's facing off uh, for the Anna Fight Under with the Anna Fight Underground Championship on the line against Dalton Diamond and Ty Blade in a hardcore death match. So, you know. With all of that, though, one thing I would like to point out and for us to just take a moment to uh, remember the wrestlers and the friends that we've lost over this past year. Oh, I was going to uh, say the same thing. You know, the Patriot, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Oh, uh, God, those two come to mind. Uh, who else have we lost this year? Uh, uh, there's so many I I would actually have to look it up because it's more than uh, you can count on two hands and, oh, uh, yeah. it just goes to prove that uh, you'd have a long run in this in this game or you have a short run but none of them are ever, ever going to be forgotten in it oh 100% especially with the man that was at the first show for Anna Fight Underground, New Jack's sudden passing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm ready for 2021 to get put in the books. Let's close the books on it. Let's open up 2022 and uh, let's make it a better year. 
So. I mean, we got a lot going into this next year. I'm already booked up through March with a uh, referee and, and, you know, it's looking to be a good year, but, um, on that note, we're going to take a commercial break. Um, try and get, um, Mr. Ben in here to go and, um, get on here so that way we can go ahead and get him on. He's having some technical difficulties and so I can answer this phone call. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's your old school outlaw Duke Randall here. Do you want to be a professional wrestler? Do you want to be the best that you can be? Well, then check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy at 1130 North Division Street in Carterville, Illinois. Yes, it is the best that Southern Illinois has to offer. You'll be trained by Heath Hatton and Jay Spay, two grizzled vets of the past decade on the independent wrestling scene. It's cheap, $60 a month, every Tuesday and Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come get the best training and learn the tools of the trade that you need to succeed in the business that is professional wrestling with Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy. Well, we are still breaking you. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, well, we should be going to get Mel to join here pretty soon, about the same as you, but uh, what a year to start with this year. Oh, man. I, I really can't put one point on it. We had such a great year, either talking about wrestling or talking about cryptids and, and talking about everything going on. It's kind of hard to. I could do a top five of my favorite episodes done. They've all been great to me. Yeah, I mean, I've always had fun every in the this calendar year. I have released fifty this year. Well, I thought more than that. Fifty. It could be more than that. I have to go back and look at the uh, on photograph. Oh, library to see how many I've actually refereed. But I mean, I have done so many of them. And you know, started with SMPW back in March. I'm already seeing. Uh, you know, I mean, many title matches. So many. Matches with street fights, tables matches, first blood, hardcore matches. I mean, the end of the year. And I, it's been a dream. You know, unfortunately, I had to, back in April, I had to retire from professional competitor because of one, too many concussions, and two, because my back's going out. But um, I was able to make a smooth transition into being uh, an actual 
And, you know, honestly, I'm a better referee than I was a wrestler. Well, I mean, not only that, I mean, look at the other things you've accomplished this year. I mean, uh, you've given some great talks, done some great uh, demonstrations. Y'all had Big Muddy come out this year. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, y'all. I mean, I've, I got to work with a referee, so I got to referee with one of your old uh, nemesis's medic. So many of those matches. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that goes back to uh, several years ago down in NWA Nashville, you know. I mean, many of them had some good matches, and I I wouldn't trade them for anything. What were some of the good matches that you can remember that you actually had, some good moments that you actually had? Was now was this a striker or was this as major freedom? This was as freedom. Okay. He was the deal, I was the face. Um the funnest thing we ever did was um I believe it was psychomedic. Um I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, when you do your uh, power clothesline, I said, um, uh, you know, how much do you want me to give it? He said, he said I'll give it. I said, okay. I come off the rope. He gives me the run, he gives me that full run and clothesline. And if you remember, when RVD would take a bump, he would take it so high on the shoulders, you would think he was it broke his neck. So that was my power, my power cell for people. And um, I'd never done it for, for him before. So he closed line and I threw my legs up in the air. Got good. My legs must have went six, seven feet up in the air. And I came down and um, I came down so high on my shoulders that to me it was a, a normal bump, no issues or anything like that. But apparently it looked so good that when Medic leaned down to pick me up, he goes, dude, are you okay? And I went, yeah, why? He goes, I thought you broke your damn neck. And I went, <laughs> wait, if I could sell it to you, then I damn the crowd's going to eat this stuff up. Oh, God, that sounds like a medic would say. And uh, to me, that was like a personal pat on the back for a medic is uh, when I sold it so good that it scared him, I'm like, well, well, thank you. I mean, that's the best compliment I could get from anybody is to to get that, you know? I mean, not that. I mean, I've seen the clothesline up. Thing on, on top of his leg drop and that headbutt he does. Well, I'm going to tell you something else that I trusted Medic with. And he was one of the first ones that I could put in that trust category because that kendo stick he used to carry. I guess he still carries the kendo stick. 
But as bad as it sound, and you looked at my skin and it would raise red whelps, he was actually gentle with it. Um, he knew just how to apply that kendo stick across you. And it got good sound. It got good color. But you weren't suffering. Mm -hmm. You know? <clears throat> and uh, the only thing we never got to do, and I brought it up to him one time. I said, look, if we ever face each other again, I want you to do something. He said, okay. I said, I want you to drop me somehow where I land on my back, pull my shirt up, and go to town with that kendo stick across my abdominal area. He was like, are you sure? And I went, dude, I trust you. You'll, I know you'll protect me, but we will get such a pop off of it because between the sound, the view, and the the coloration we'll get off of it, I told him, I said, dude, you will blow the roof off the building with that. And, um, and we never got to do it, but that's how much I trusted him with that kendo stick is that I was going to let him just go to town and wail on my abdominal area to get a pop out of the crowd. <coughs> I mean, he... he Kendo stick, but now he's carrying a nightstick now, a billy club. Yeah. Between him and weapon of choice is the uh, billy club. Yeah. You know, um, Medic was fun. A lot. All the other guys I've ever worked with. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun. Uh, whether it was wrestling, whether it was MMA. Um. I had a blast in my career, you know, I had a chance to face awesome Kong from California, faced him in Hawaii one night at an open, uh, open ring session. It was come as you are. I faced him there. Um, I got to work with Eves Edwards, great guy, great opponent, you know, Anthony mad dog, Macias, you still wear baby oil, Anthony. I don't care what you're saying. Um, but, I mean, and I'm going to tell you what, and I just want to point this out, looking back, uh, MMA nowadays is to what I've raised up in. Um, I faced Anthony Mad Dog Messiah for the World IFC Super Heavyweight title, Lex, Mississippi. Uh, it was a doctor stoppage. Uh, I wound up dislocating my ankle. Uh, rolled it on the mat and dislocated it so I couldn't continue. <clears throat> so the next morning, I'm sitting in my hotel room, been in the ER at night to get checked out and everything like that. And um, Anthony actually brought me a cup of coffee from the front desk to my room since I couldn't get down there to it and everything because I was hobbling, he brought me a cup up and I told him, I said, you know, I said, I appreciate it. You know, I said, look, when I get healed up, I want another shot at your title. And he said, Oh, no problem. He goes, you get healed up and you name the time, the place, and you know, 
and uh, I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a cool time to be in MMA. You know, there was no hard feelings. There was no animosity there. Matter of fact, Eves Edwards brought me here after he came out in Houston, Texas one night for the uh, World Shoot Wrestling Association's title. And, uh, I won't lie about that, man. Put a goose-sized egg on the back of my head, a palm heel strike, knocked me smooth out, and bought me a beer afterwards. <laughs> of course, back then, whatever you were just doing, Back then, it was relatively in its infancy because I was listening to. You fought MMA. Yeah, back back in '94 when I started, it was still called No Holes Barred. Like, yeah, there yeah, wasn't any classes. There was no. The only thing that was outlawed mm-hmm. as a whole being eye gouging and biting. Eye gouging, biting, fish hooking, and um, no direct elbow strikes to the spinal column. That was the only that was the only things you couldn't do. Anything else was good to go. Uh, you know, but I was wrestling. It all depended on what what promoter wanted me to do what that month or anything. You know. If a promoter wanted me to wrestle, I wrestled. If a promoter wanted me to do MMA, I fought MMA. If a promoter wanted me to box that month, I boxed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you was a journeyman. You did, you know, whatever paid the bills, that's what you you did that month. And it wasn't like you took uh, eight weeks for a training camp to get ready for one fight. It was you stayed ready. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, matter of fact, huh? Listen, I've been listening to um, Don Fry, Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie from way back in the beginning of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And you watch how those guys were, and you just listen to them talk, and they. And about uh, there was no internet. You would go watch the matches beforehand, have your match, and then you would be in the back monitor uh, trying to find out the weak points of who you'd be facing. You know, oh, yeah. there wasn't any kind of you know thing or video library to watch. Act. It was just go come out the winner. Oh yeah. Now and. And it wasn't like you fought one time a night. You might fight three times a night. Oh yeah. You know when you're doing tournaments and uh, but uh, that was the thing about it. Fighters back then, you was a fighter. I mean, you was you was what paid the bills. I mean, um, you could transition from one month you're kickboxing on a card, the next month you're boxing on the next card. You know, um. And somebody asked me, I said, do you forget what you're doing when you're doing it? I said, I have a couple of times, but you pretty much keep it straight in your head. Okay, I'm boxing this time. I can't kick this guy in the leg. Yeah. And now that you said fighting, you said. Yeah, you know, you said 
like, What's you that? know, I watched the other night, watching my memory, watched UFC 1, the beginning, wherever they fought in Denver. With eight men in the tournament, I mean, there was one. Germany that was with uh, Savat, and he punching out a sumo wrestler, and he went out there and went all the way. And then there's uh, some uh, one time that try and off in the finals, um, Ken Shermock had to back out of the tournament because he broke his hand. Right. From one. I mean, um, and you fought with a lot of lot of injuries and stuff, you know. Um, I remember leading up to my fight with uh, Eves Edwards, I had a broken hand. Um, the only thing you couldn't tape, the only thing you couldn't tape back then, was you couldn't tape over your knuckles. Yeah, it was. The only thing you could tape was your wrists. And your thumbs. No, well, your wrist and your hands. You can tape across the mm-hmm. middle of your hand. So, with me having a broken hand, I put tape around the hand itself, and that's what held my my hand together during the fight with Eves. You know, mm-hmm. and I punched with it. I mean, hell, I had to use it. You know, he's he's a hell of a fighter. But right. That's the good old days, you know. Um, Back when there were glasses and it was no holds barred. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, Do you think that the guys nowadays, like uh, like Habib, uh, Nerd, Conor McGregor, uh, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt. Well, see, now Mark Hunt's no fighter. Yeah. He comes. He he fought in Japan back in the nineties. You know, Mark Hunt's not a young cat to to the game, right? Uh, <clears throat> now, do I think there's some like Bobby Lashley? Yeah, he would he would have held his own back then, just like Mark Coleman and all the others. He'd fit right well within the punch. Um, Conor McGregor. I don't know. I mean, I like Conor McGregor. I mean, you know, uh, he's a proud Irishman. You know, have you seen how much weight that on here since he broke his leg? No, I haven't seen him in a while. And one eighty of solid muscle right now. I was probably drinking all the Irish whiskey that he owns the company. <laughs> I mean, I saw a picture of him the other day. Instagram, and I mean, he is bigger than what he was whenever he went in that fight with Dustin Poirier. Yeah. But, um, all of that is, um, from back then to nowadays, there's two different fighters. Because uh, as much as I would say that these fighters nowadays couldn't make it back then, because they're used to five rounds and getting a break, 
where back then you may go 10, 15, 20 minutes straight without break. You know? Yeah, because back then in your day, you know, there was, it mm. was fight to the finish. Yeah, but where we got used to having that, you know, you were there for the long haul, so you didn't want to blow your you didn't want to blow your wind in the first five minutes where we learned to pace ourselves and look for our opportunities and stuff like that. I don't know under the system of five minute rounds if we could compete because we're used to we were used to taking that time. Y'all's cardio was phenomenal and it had to be. But uh, these guys here used to going out and bang, 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 where we used to, yeah, we bang, but we wouldn't want to blow ourselves out, you know, because we knew we had a long time in there, you know. Because um, back then, like, uh, I may have went um, 20 minutes kickboxing, then turn around and do 20 minutes of grappling right behind it, then stand up for 20 more minutes of kickboxing again and getting a five-minute rest in between those two rounds. And uh, But nowadays, it's the pace is quicker. Yeah. Right. You know, and I mean, you just – back then, y'all were a different breed of people. We didn't have the attitudes that some of these fighters nowadays have. Um, a lot of them, uh, like George St. Pierre, he was a very humble person. Um, Leota, very humble person. Um, but then you got your other side of it. You've got the Conor McGregor's. You've got the um, Diaz brothers, you know, and um, that was the part of the game. That was the part of the sport I didn't like seeing come about. Right. But it it was something that just happened. You know. <clears throat> but you know. It is what it is. I mean, with you, I mean, I'm I'm happy to see with the success you're having as a wrestler. And I've always told you, and we've only got to see very small hints of uh, you as a booker. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got a good mind for storylines and booking. I mean, just you were gung ho for that storyline I pitched the other day about Roman Reigns currently. You know, because I look at it like this: Reigns is looking is running out of contenders for the for the title. I mean, where's he going to go after Brock Lesnar? They're booked him in with Brock Lesnar for a couple of uh, events in the storyline, and you know what are they going to do afterwards? You know. You would think that, you know, he goes and just 
turns into this tyrannical quote unquote head of the table. And then Afa and Sika who put the lay on him last year to acknowledge him as head of the table. They come out and they try to strip him and they say, you know, this isn't how the head of the family should act. You know, you're not fit to carry that moniker. So we're going to take that away from you because we are the patriarchs of the, of the Anawaii family. And I love the idea, and there were two things I came up with after it, that either one, which I told you how, you know, how would you want, where would you want this to go to, and then wrap up at, and you said wrap up with The Rock, and I'm thinking, The Rock's overused. There needs to have another ending. Now, would you want this to be, Eventually, they're going to have to end the head of the table run. It's going to go to its it, its its end one day. Mm-hmm. So they're either going to let it kind of just slowly fade away, or are you going to end it with something like what you brought up, with people coming out to take that head spot away but do I want to see the last match with the rock no um maybe one of the others I mean if Rosie and Umaga were still alive I could see the two of them trying uh coming back as three minute warning trying to go and take him out and then he just mows over them but you know, <clears throat> hello, Ben. What? There you are. Yeah, it took long enough. <laughs> yeah, we were just discussing I... about um, with uh, the Roman Reigns head of the table uh, storyline I pitched you guys. Oh, yeah, but you know, I mean, the reason I went and I said, you know, have the rock be the ending of that storyline is because here's the thing the rock has had the uh, to me in my opinion has had the most success in the whole family you know or unless put him second to last and maybe put jacob fatu uh fatu in there because jacob fatu has been running rampant on the indie scenes with mlw and uh stuff like that now i'd rather see jacob fatu be the indie match because i mean he's got Let's face it, I mean, The Rock's what, in his 50s now? Yeah. He's only got so much to go anymore, but Jacob Fatu would come in, I think it'd be the young lion. You know, but it goes back to as much as that booking sounds good, WWE, no talent, hack writers, and Vince out of it, it could succeed. Yes. What do you think on that, Ben? I think it'd be pretty interesting. Like, uh, I thought Rock was going to be there for Survivor Series, but uh, I think that's what they're leading up to for WrestleMania with this egg thing and his new movie. Or I, I don't know. I I really don't watch too much WWE anymore. Like, I really don't watch much wrestling. I I catch like glimpses of it and stuff, but I think it'd be a pretty interesting uh, 
storyline. I was really hoping uh, that before all this kind of took place, that Nia Jax, they were going to bring her in with them. But obviously, you know, she got cut and they kept the bloodline, just the Usos and Roman Reigns. And now Paul Heyman's out of the mix as the advisor to the tribal chief, and he's now the advocate for the beast Brock Lesnar now. Jeez, I was hoping that was just going to keep going and keep going until it just couldn't go any longer. Yeah, but it adds a new twist to it with Paul Heyman. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how they're going to they're going to turn that around because Paul's going to come back somehow to pay back the bitch, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, you got the managers, you got, you know, you, with every good wrestler, there's always been a good manager. You mean, you know, with Andre, it was Bobby, the brain Heenan with Hogan. It was Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. With Yokozuna, it was Mr. Fuji. And with Undertaker, it was Paul Bearer. And then with Brock Lesnar, you got Paul Heyman. You know, there can't be one without the other. Yeah. But, I mean, I thought Paul Bearer, though, he wasn't a one-hit wonder. I mean, look at all that he done from being Percy Pringle in Texas to Paul Barron, WWE. I mean, this guy used to manage the Dingo Warrior who went on to become the Ultimate Warrior. You know, um, so a good manager to me is like Paul Ellering. Paul Ellering, uh, the Road Warriors to me were not as good of a team as they were when they had Paul Ellering. Oh, I agree. Um, the personalities just met. Now, didn't he come back? Wasn't he a manager for one of the guy, one of the teams from NXT? Yeah, the um, uh, authors of Pain, the AOP. Yeah. And then after that, it was Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud. Yeah. Yep. Let's yeah, go. we're in some uh, weird times with the WWE right now. Well, I yeah, mean, the MLW the is still rocking. That's the thing with professional wrestling anymore. There's not enough managers. There's all these stables yeah. and everything, but there's no mouthpiece. Um. Well. That's because WWE don't let their wrestlers learn how to talk. They want to script all their stuff back there in the back with writers from Hollywood who don't know jack shit about wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. You take like MLW and uh, they cut some pretty good promos on there. Dario Cuerta or uh, uh, I don't I don't Brooke, uh, he goes by Dario something now. I mean, that man's not even a wrestler. He can cut a promo that should be required watching material. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
And, you know, I mean, like, it's just like with all these stables and everything, you've got one head wrestler that's the mouthpiece, but then it takes away from all of the, this is just my point of view, it takes away from everyone else that's in the actual stable itself. And then, you know, but whenever it comes to like with uh, Jimmy Hart, whenever he was with Earth, like Earthquake, um, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Bruce the Barber Beefcake, you know, he was the mouthpiece. And even with Jim Cornette, for example, with the Rock and Roll Express with uh, Stan and Bobby, uh, you know, he there was no. Uh, one guy, you know, like, so, uh, quote-unquote, still in the spotlight from the other guy. The manager is what highlights the entire stable as itself to be, you know, this killing machine that can't be stopped. um, A manager is a very, to me, a manager is a very important part of the whole team. You know, whether it's a a one-on-one, uh, a singles wrestler like Ben, or a tag team. Um, good manager can make a break in a long run on a lot of things. <clears throat> They're good trans. Oh, yeah, I mean that's. Yeah. Oh, you can go ahead. No, I said that they're good for, like, whenever you're trying to. You know, how how do we want to transition from here to here? You know, wow, you got the manager that can help you in this transitional period during the match. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can't beat that added storytelling there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what – when it comes down to um, String Bean and uh, Dr. Egon Casanova – we, they definitely play into the manager role with him because, you know, he holds the, you know, growth formula for string bean. So string bean gets down, Egon comes up, sprays him, string bean hulks up, he's healed. You know, that spray can also hurt regular mortal humans. So it's also an added effect for, you know, an easy way out of a match. I mean that's uh that's always the fun part of having a manager. And not only that that's just that extra twist. That miracle grow, I mean it may you ain't kidding, it hulks up string beam, but boy it burns like hell whenever it gets on my skin. Oh I yeah. Turns I into came out, I came out of a man shit on me, I come out and I went and I had third degree burns on me whenever I got to the back. Exactly. Well, but, uh, yeah, but we were talking uh, beforehand, you know, Ben, there's been a lot of stuff because I know you follow string being around. A lot. You know, what would you say was his best match this year? Some of his uh, highlight moments this year. Um, I enjoyed the uh, loser leaves town match when he uh, beat DD Jinx and made DD pack his bags and leave S and PW. Um, another one was uh, obviously winning the uh, light heavyweight title with one swift kick to LVK. 
And then also a really – actually a pretty fun match was with uh, Victor Von Steen. Uh, he came out of the back and challenged String Bean, and String Bean eventually won. So, and, and it was – Not to take anything away from String, but, uh, String Bean, but Victor Von Steen is really coming back. You know, for someone that came back from a broken back. Oh, Yeah. That guy is getting some serious, getting himself over just in his two matches that he's had back with String Bean and Richard Faith. Oh, yeah. The dude's a competitor. I mean, he's a big guy and he can go still. I'm just glad that, you know, hopefully his back is fully healed and he continues to be able to work. Yeah. Like, um, and also that brings me to mind because uh, this includes um, Victor. Because um, I, you remember, I uh, I remember Stacy telling us about whenever him and Black Venom had so much heat that there was uh, getting five dollar beer thrown at him down there. It was it in Shreveport. This is when yeah. this happened. God, them crowds in Shreveport. Woo! Uh, this happened here uh, about two months ago in uh, Crossville. Um, LVK and Dice Patterson, they used to tag team. How long ago was it, Ben? I believe it was – I think it was six years ago. Five five or six years ago they teamed together. And they've had both as a tag team and as singles competitors, they've had pretty fair uh, careers in SMPW. And without hands down, them – LVK and Dice Patterson against Adrian Surge and Tony Flood this year is going to be match of the year for SMPW. Guarantee hands down. Oh, yeah. That was a good match. And, I I mean, I had the pleasure of calling that match and everything. So, you know, that helps me feel a little bit better. But, um, you know, after that match, it started with LVK and uh, Dice Patterson's uh feud that they got going on and at with the at the return show to crossville uh because crossville is smpw's home and we've been gone for what two years now uh i think it's been yeah yeah i think it was a year and a half roughly because i think it was right before covid hit is whenever i think we stopped going or it was right at covid but um anyway they went and uh, Dice and LVK, they had this huge brawl all the way around ringside in the fans, in the ring, and it ended up with uh, Dice knocking LVK out with his uh, discus forearm. And I went down and I checked for uh, LVK and I patted him on the back and squeezed his hand. I'm like, are you still there? Are you still with me? And he didn't squeeze my hand and I threw up the X. And Stacy, you're going to get a kick out of this. There was a shoot EMT that came out of the crowd and hit the ring. Wow. Yeah. And he, the EMT was checking LVK and we've got him set up on the ring apron and he's checking him and squeezing his hand and LVK is not responding to him. And the guy's just freaking the fuck out. <sighs> and we get him back in the locker room and, uh, and then it was uh, Joy O'Reilly and Two Tough Tony's match. And um, they're going at it. And we, me and Victor Von Steen are taking LBK out to uh, his ride that we called him down to come get him. I'm like, he's 
unresponsive and he can't drive. We need somebody to go and uh, uh, pick him up. But then we're taking him outside and a bunch of people are outside. They're like, where's Dice? Where's Dice? We want him. And so I heard someone scream, get a rope. Mm. Yeah, I am not bullshitting you. And I told him, I said, we took his shit and we threw it out the back door and told him to fuck off. Yeah, but he ain't telling the uh, best part of that. It gets better. We get him around. We get LVK in the car, and we send him off. And I come back around the corner, and who? What's who? Guess who sh- showed up? The cops. Really? Yeah. Someone called the cops on dice. Jeez. I am not bullshitting. And guess who got to deal with the cops? me that's crazy next Holy thing you God, know i'm seeing all this stuff then i'm seeing patrol cars out front and two off and two officers and next thing you know i see about three or four fans point at me and i'm like oh shit and the officer says sir come over here we'd like to talk to you for a second it took me 10 minutes to talk them in and convincing them that this was all like uh, real and everything and I told they're like well where's Mr. Patterson I said he's gone we took his shit and threw it out the back door and he's gone we don't know where he's at and uh what if he still wanted in that town I don't know he might want to avoid that that'd be hilarious yeah but I went and I'm glad that I forgot my billfold at the house that night because it took me 10 minutes to prove explain to him and ten and three fans to convince them that my name was Duke Randall, because <laughs> it's all it's all kayfabe and everything. And I'm going and I'm keeping this going, and I get in the back. I had to bum a cigarette off a of too tough Tony because my nerves were shot. So you talk about heat, Shreveport heat, as I call it. We had it there that night. Bless. I don't know. Now I now I still think like the one of the best moments of the night though was string beans toilet paper entrance because <laughs> that was a mess. <laughs> that was a mess. <laughs> and rumor has it string bean made forty dollars off toilet paper, off selling well, toilet paper. Well, that's a do- they were selling it for a dollar a roll that night. Yep. Well, think about it. With this day, stream being better collected all that toilet paper up to use for later. Stuff like money. Yeah. No oh, kidding. I know. That stuff's more precious than a barrel of oil. Yeah, it is. Yeah, or lumber. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, we've had it's been a lot of good uh, memories this year, and um, you know everything that's been going on. And we got a lot going into this next year, and uh, hopefully in April, all three of us will be in the same place. Uh, whenever I have my camp out at Jackson Falls, I'm planning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting up there because. Uh... I have a I have several uh, bucket list things I want to do whenever I finally start getting up there. 
Well, we got a lot to go on. Hopefully, hopefully we got a show that weekend and everybody that turns out can come up to Crossville and watch, uh, uh, come up there with me and Ben and watch me and old string bean work. Hopefully I'll solve the title. Huh? So hopefully string bean will still have the title. <laughs> I tell well, you, we, we don't, we'll, we'll just, uh, trash the place. If he loses, we riot. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, 2022, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. You know? And, you know, and another thing, another thing I want to throw out, uh, me and Ben will actually be in another documentary here this uh, coming year as well. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yep, a UFO documentary uh, called Grand Tower UFO. Ooh. And the story behind it is Grand Tower is about uh, about 50, 60 miles from where me and Ben are located. And um, I used to work there. And what happened was, well, you know where the power station is then? Yeah. Well, back in 1974, there was a UFO, a donut-shaped UFO over that power station that a bunch of the workers saw. And they said that that thing, uh, they were monitoring all the dials and everything from all the meters inside, and the meters kept dropping. And they think that the UFO was drawing power off of that substation. Oh, wow. And then right before it took off, all the power went out, and then it took off. Oh, jeez. Well, they've had that same worry around missile silos for the Air Force, where UFOs show up and start, you know, sucking down the. They're worried about them launching the missiles or something else. Oh, you know, and you know, another you was talking it brings to mind while well, it's still in my mind. He was talking about bucket lists. Uh, you're coming up here in April. I'm throwing out the challenge. String Bean, the god of the garden, the old school outlaw Duke Randall, and the leader of the Freedom Brigade, Major Freedom, and a three-way dance. You may get Striker for that. Striker, Freedom, I don't care. Either both of them are washed up old retired wrestlers shooting their mouth off about the old school outlaw Duke Randall, and I'm wanting to put the money where their mouth is and put them out of their misery with a headshot. Yeah. He may get a cowbell upside the head, too, from a pull, uh, bull rope. <laughs> yeah. But, You're the mouthpiece for string bean, Ben. What would he have to say? He'd probably tell you to stroke it. <laughs> you know what? At, with Stream Bean saying stroke it, for some reason I keep wanting to hear him come out to Billy Squire. That's his old entrance music. You know? Wow. That's yep. funny. Yep, used to come out stroking the stock. Yeah. Had all the... It would be there. They're all sitting there doing the same thing. The parents, yeah. The parents are like, I yeah. don't want to explain this. <laughs> yeah. Stream beam. Sam used to jump my ass. <clears throat> yeah. 
I, I lay out the challenge. Whether Major Freedom or Striker shows up, I'm laying out the challenge for a three-way dance. Yeah. We, we may have to look at that. You know? I mean, you're in the gym getting in shape. You should be in good shape to go and have one last match. I'm going to tell you what. This past week's been murder. I'm tired. <laughs> um, I, 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 I was laughing about it today. I'm like, man, I'm so tired. Right before we come on the show, I'm thinking, I'm so tired. If somebody paid me a million dollars to slap a family member, I'd have to pass on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pool this morning because I'm doing two two workouts a day. I'm doing pool in the mornings and swimming, and then using uh, the uh, shallower pool to start getting joints kind of worked out and stuff like that, and and uh, working on a lot of things that. It's easier to do in the pool than to do um, outside of that area. So, uh, yeah, I'm tired. And, uh, but I'll tell you this. Uh, y'all two will probably get a kick out of this part. When I first started really doing freedom, and um, I decided I would actually climb the top rope and do stuff off the top rope. Um, one of the things I was looking at to incorporate was um, a uh, frog splash or, or something like that. And actually I had a idea that I wanted to try to do a, to do a uh, duck and clothesline and run up the turnbuckle and do a backflip off of it um, and then come out of that. But uh, you'd be surprised where I actually got the most uh, training for top rope work at. Jumping off a diving board, doing flips and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I can see how, yeah. You know, that that kind of helped, helped me gain my confidence to where – um, up, it, you're gonna pay for it, but it's not anything you can't recover from, and um, a lot of crash mat time. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time I did a back, and you're gonna be surprised at this. Both y'all will. I actually practiced, never did it in the match, but I actually practiced a backflip moonsault. Um, onto an opponent. I used. To, uh, I started with the crash mat first until I got my confidence up to take the crash mat away. But I practiced it, but never used it. And uh, but that was going to be one of the that, that was going freedoms and freedoms repertoire. Because <clears throat> freedom dial the rope walk. He did the uh, he did the old school rope walk. Um. He did what uh, I called it aerosol. Then um, he did the over-the-top rope uh, leg drop where you do a flip over the top rope and you drop into the leg drop. That was all freedom. Yeah. 
Yeah. Matter of fact, it was under Freedom that I did the first uh, dive over the top rope to a concrete floor. No. Mm. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't planned. <laughs> you know, it was like a spur of the moment. Bam, here we go. <clears throat> Now, see, yeah. all Ben wants to do is splashes, 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 and more splashes. No, that's Richard Faith. No, that's what you said. Okay. He was telling uh, Kyle Pfeiffer that back in the back one time. You said, I just want, I want to do more big guy stuff like splashes and splashes and splashes. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because that's what Kyle Pfeiffer or uh, Richard Faith was telling me to do when we had a match. He's like, oh, we'll just do big man stuff, and then it was it was only splashes that he did. <laughs> yeah, no, String Bean can go to the. He he's never went, he's went to the top rope at his house, but he tends to stay on the. A lot of people don't do second rope stuff much, no. but his move that he wanted to break out but never has is a three sixty elbow drop that he can do. He just has never found the right moment to do it i got to see that so uh, i want to see that come up now i'd like to see stream being come off the top rope sometime this next year with a chris benoit style headbutt drop that will not that won't happen second rope maybe because that's something he's been trying if if i can get a crash pad here for him then he'll probably be able to work on some Crash pad, crash pads are important. Yeah, they build up confidence. You know, because I don't know about y'all, but coming off the top rope when I first started doing it scared the hell out of me. I'm like, what am oh I yeah, doing? I'm not no luchador. I, I don't need to be up here doing this crap. You know, uh, old, Duke, old Duke Randall, first time he came off. The- uh, top rope with a frog splash, he killed the dummy. <laughs> Man, I'm not kidding you. At Stride, wherever I was training, we had a crash pad, we had a noodle, and we had a mannequin. And I said, Give me the mannequin. I come right down, and, and whenever I did, I tucked my knees in too tight and crushed the, the sternum on the mannequin. Now, let me ask y'all this, and I'm leading this into somewhere to laugh at my own self. Have you ever performed a move? in the ring that you hurt yourself to a point and you thought to yourself when you did it, what the hell was I thinking? Taking DDTs and spiking my head all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think like, um, I know that, Back whenever I was training, A.T. Brooks gave me an RKO, but he didn't tell me he was going to hit it. No, I'm talking and when about he gave it to me. Yourself. Oh, myself? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Like I, I've landed a little off for, a, for the like second rope elbow drop. That I'm just like, oh shit, like that hurt. But I don't think I've really like I've gotten hurt taking a D for my shoulder, 
in 2018 and I was out for a full year because of that. But that was the guy twisted wrong and he, he shouldn't have twisted at all, but he twisted and my shoulder went straight into the mat and it, I have a dead spot there, but I, no, I don't think I've ever. Yeah. Well, I was facing sick dog in Hawaii for NWA Hawaii. And I was facing him for his Hawaii championship uh, title. And uh, I had practiced, only practiced, never done it in a live match, a off-the-top rope spinning lariat kick. And um, so I get in the, the match with him, and I call the spot. I'm like, uh body slam stagger up i'm gonna come off the top rope with the lariat kick sick dog's like he, he gives me a little squeeze it's okay you know we do it and what i didn't take into account was when you're in front of a live crowd you're getting that energy off the crowd and you feel it I get up on the top rope, sick dog uh, stands up, turns around. I jump off the top rope. I launch and do a backspinning lariat kick. But I was so pumped up from the crowd when I did it, I over-rotated it. I landed wrong and knocked the wind out of myself. Oh, shit. He took a flat face bump. Yeah, that's never good. Oh, well, actually, I, I landed on a side where instead of landing uh, flat and rolling with it, I took a flat side bump. Oh. Three quarters of the way across the ring. I almost did a coast to coast across the, the width of the ring from corner to corner. Jeez. And uh, I hit. And I felt all the wind go out of me. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, what were you thinking? So Sick Dog rolls up and he comes over to me. And I'm I'm trying to tell him, Sick. I'm like, dog, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And Because he, he leans down like he's going to pick me up. And he hears me tell him I can't breathe. He finally catches it. And, uh. He grabs my waist of my my outfit, picks me up, and is acting like he's hitting me in the stomach the whole time he's trying to get the wind to start coming to get it back in my lungs and everything. And uh, you know, I mean, I can't say no more about his professionalism because he really helped me. I was in a bad position. I couldn't breathe, the wind was gone. And he automatically went to doing a move so I could start getting some air coming back into my, my lungs again and stuff. And, uh, but, yeah, I was laying there the whole time trying to catch my breath thinking, Shat, what the hell were you doing? That was stupid. Why did you call this spot? Yeah. And I did it to myself. I was like, I, I'm I'm laying on the mat, calling myself a dumbass, going, "You're a dumbass for doing this." <laughs> I'll tell you a funny thing, and this was at the last show, Ben and uh, 
string bean wasn't there he decided to go and uh go to a concert with his uh manager but i told ben and you about this or did i no i didn't it was the uh tables main of table match uh main mm. event between sean Bischoff and chad rockman the big botch because here's the thing they had the table and it was gimmicked they took all of the everything off but the legs and the and the leg support, but they didn't. Uh, but they took the thing, the yeah. center support, out of it. And yeah, that table. I whenever they were getting it in the ring, it was so flimsy. I'm like, oh, for the love of God, don't break. And they set <laughs> it up, and it's bearing Sean's weight because um, Chad's supposed to come off the top rope with a splash, put him through the table, and that was the go home. And he put Sean on there, and Sean's got one foot on the ground. And to keep all of his weight off that table partially. And I looked at Sean and I said, don't you fucking move. That table's about to break. What does he do? Picks that one foot up off the ground, crack right through it. Oh, hell. Then the crowd yeah. screaming at me. They're like, he went through the table. And I'm like, Chad Rotman did not put Sean Biggerstaff through the table. This match will continue. Yeah, that was a good call. And then Chad comes off the top rope with the splash anyway, and he looks at me, and I'm like, improvise. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, and he, he said, well, he come up, and I'm trying to keep him off of him. I said, just go set him up in the corner on the table and uh, do like a running drop kick or something. And then he puts him up in the corner, takes half of the table, and sets it up in the corner and sets Sean up. And he set Sean on that table and then that piece breaks and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Cause the crowd's going ballistic again. They're like, he went through the table. No, he didn't. And I looked at uh, Chad after he set up the second piece and I looked at him, I said, go high. And he goes up, comes across, hits the coast to coast and Sean goes right through the table. Perfect. And I called the match right there. You talk about a butt puckering moment. Oh, that's like, that that one TikTok you you tagged me to of botched uh, moves in the ring, and I'm not gonna lie, that that hurt to watch. I was like, oh no, hell no, yeah. I'm sorry, I wouldn't want a 400 pound man to come across me and you know go over the top rope and land on top of me outside. I know, uh. Uh-uh. Oh, you talking about no. the one with Sam Stackhouse? Yeah. Oh God. Ooh. He went over that top rope and onto that guy through the table. I thought he'd crush that guy's sternum. Yeah, it's I've seen that one. And then the bad falls where they're like the the guy comes down he and he uh top the forehead plants the mat because you oh, uh, Jesus didn't rotate right and you seen that neck kick back and it's like Oh, yeah, he's paralyzed. One One of the worst ones I saw in person was EJ Thunder. I think that's what. And he was working Dragon, String Bean's old tag partner. This was probably five years ago. They called a spot. Dragon said Herkarana. And Thunder went for a sidewalk slam. 
dragon's body got his legs wrapped up around his neck but at the same time that he was going thunder was going down and hitting the mat so it like oh my god i have the video somewhere oh in slow motion and it was terrible sidewalk driver oh practically but like his neck was more like bent like it's like he was about to like seal slide onto the mat oh it was they called we called it the dragon slayer after that it was terrible they i think they called the match after that but it was yeah his his wife was in the back freaking out was like oh my god like it was oh it was terrible because that's right that was like right before me and him started tagging so it was probably six years ago but yeah it was oh they, that was it was scary uh, that was scary yeah that's you know you see that stuff and people don't realize yeah this is you know there there's some injuries that happen doing this and everything oh yeah. god i remember yeah. last year and uh, it was the same night i wrestled the Colossus of cape peyton airs and it was daniel eads against tony <laughs> london and that ended up being tony london's last match because Eads does a release uh, suplex, which is kind of like the crash landing suplex, but he'll go and take them up and then he'll throw them across the ring. Well, Tony went and over, posted and over rotated and he landed with his tailbone on the ground and broke his spine. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. I, remember so I was there. I was the one that carried him out on my back and put a piggyback style uh, out to the car and I put him in the car. You know, that was a night I'll never forget. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. That that just that, that was not not good. Uh well I do got a little bit of good news. I actually talked to Tony London here about a, a month ago and uh he actually um is just getting ready to have another surgery and get the rod and pins taken out of his back. And it's looking like he may have a return. Okay, cool. Uh, I will say this out of all the episodes that we've done this year, you know, and uh, go down, like if you could pick any one of them out that we've done or that we've uh, experiences that we've had this year, because I know Ben and me's had a lot of wrestling experiences working with the same company and everything. Uh, We'll get to that, but Stacy out of all the episodes that we've done, you know, who was your favorite guest? What was your favorite review of which show? My favorite review would be anything that I got to to review my favorite manager. Oh, uh, say that again. You kind of broke up. I said, my favorite review would be anything where I got to review my favorite manager. <laughs> oh, uh, Gaylord. Gaylord, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that guy gave me hours of, of, uh, oh man. Um, I, I mean, to, to look back and I'll admit it. At the end of the year, I enjoyed reviewing 
reviewing his work. Uh, favorite show? Oh, man, we've had so many. I mean, Daniel Benoit was fun. I mean, that was really informative. Uh, but on a lighter side, Bud Galloway was fun. <laughs> you know, um, just because he's he's a living character. Yeah. And the uh, man still has not been seen since he lost to Savion Ayers at Stradiversary. <clears throat> but, um, you know, but like I said, there there were so many that that uh, I mean Edmund Livewire McGuire that was that that was really fun, you know, to get Edmund on here and and to uh, share old memories with him and uh, and talk about the old uh, the earlier days and stuff like that and uh, that was really fun to be able to share with, you know, so. That that would be mine, I guess. You know, if it wasn't anything with Gaylord Perry, I would say Edmund Livewire McGuire. I will say the best review that I can say that we've done this year was Stridiversary. And, you know, not only I was a part of that too, um, I got to referee one of the better one of the best matches I've done this year. Uh, other than getting to referee the match between String Bean and Dragon, that was a lot of uh, fun this year. That was uh, pure chaos. <laughs> it wouldn't have been. It would have been if I hadn't stepped in and saved y'all's ass. <laughs> yeah, because Derek, Doctor Egon Casanova, and String Bean were about to maul and attack. The commissioner Jeff. Ben, what would you say out of your career this year and our first year? What would you say was your best moments this year? Uh, I I really enjoyed the Edmund Livewire McGuire episode just because he was one of them. Whenever like before, I really liked professional wrestling and I was like got into it. I would always see like their flyers at like actually Dairy Queen. Then he was always one of the guys that stood out to me. And then them actually having a training facility within a three minute walking distance from my parents' house that I had no clue about until I was like seventeen. Like like that always surprised me. And then the fact that like he works with dead bodies and then nothing ever weirds happened. That was always that was kind of cool to like <laughs> And then uh, Cash Borden, just because I've I've known Cash ever since I started training myself. So that was fun just to catch up with him. It's been a good year, boys. Oh, yeah. But with that said, it's time to call the go-home spot. What's next for you, boys? Stacy? Well... <sighs> Um, there's, there's one thing I would like to touch on and, uh, hopefully they hear this program later, but tomorrow, December 31st is my oldest daughter, Heather, Heather Coughlin. It's her birthday tomorrow. <laughs> she turns, uh, 
33, I believe. After they get over 30, I'll start losing losing count with her and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I, want, I want to wish her a happy birthday tomorrow. And I uh, hope she has a good day. Um, what else is coming in the future? A lot of investigations. Uh, chance to get up there and, and hang out with y'all and uh, do some stuff up there. And uh, just have fun in 2022. You know, have a lot more fun in 2022 than we did years earlier. Exactly. Ben, what's next for you, bro? What's next for old String Bean? Well, String Bean's next match is his big title to man that he took the title from, which is LVK. So that's going to be a very uh, interesting match. LVK is probably going to be one of his uh, – top competitors that he's ever been in the ring with along with, you know, Tony flood, which was one of my first matches, but, uh, it's going to be interesting. Then any investigations we can find and take on for 2022. Yeah. What's next for old Duke Randall? Well, uh, getting ready to do the movie with Ben. It's still in talks of setting up scheduling and everything. Uh, the Iron Man referee returns to Crossville, Illinois for Strictly Insane Pro Wrestling on January the 8th. Got my camp out coming up here in April. I look forward to seeing you two there. Um, we, I mean, we got Daniel Benoit and his girlfriend Jessica Mora coming from Broken Branch Designs all the way out in Virginia. Working on getting uh, Holly Mullins and her cousin Dallas Adams along with Glenn Mink. David Thundercloud, uh, Brian Jeffries, and uh, a couple others to come on out. You know, we've got a lot coming here in this next year, but this year by far has been the year of us, 100%. It was the year that pro wrestling start, had the wrestling renaissance, as I called it. There's been so many good moments that's happened in professional wrestling this year in New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, and even WWE. There's been so many big returns, and the renaissance of professional wrestling continues on into 2022. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All hearts and minds clear, boys? Oh, yeah. Well, I want to say this, everybody. Thank you, everybody that has supported us with our first year on the air. Um, You know, with COVID still coming around, new variants coming out monthly almost. If your local independent professional wrestling organization is asking for donations, because times are tough. There's been so many promotions that's had to go and close their doors because of COVID. So if they're asking for donations, please do give it the to them, whether it's $1, $10, 50 or a hundred, it goes to help make that uh, promotion better and help them put on good shows. And because, you know, professional wrestling is a getaway for the drama and the negativity that the r- real world puts out. So it helps us even for a couple hours to entertain you and to go and take your mind off of everything that's wrong in today's world. 
Also support your local independent pro wrestling stars. Don't wait to support them until they've hit the big time because, like Triple H said, it all starts in the independent circuit. So support your guys. But until then, huh? Oh, no. I had to cough. Oh, okay. (laughs) But, (laughs) But still, I tell you what. Something we ain't done yet. Let's close out the year. I say we have a promo off real quick. Ooh. We've been doing promo classes in our group chat. Oh, we've been having fun doing promos. Yeah. Okay. Stacy, take your pick out of the two of us. Lay it out. Son. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm going to let Duke Randall run with this one first. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, string bean, the god of the garden. <clears throat> Think you're so big and so tough. You attacked a man that had just won a battle royal against 20 other tough men and superstars. You are nothing but a coward to go and capture your first title in the light heavyweight championship for SMPW. The old school outlaw does not take much to cowards. Either you say it to my face or you go and you keep your happy ass in the locker room with that little Tinkerbell manager, Egon Casanova. You see me in that ring on January 8th in SMPW in Crossville, Illinois. Oh, and I will put you down with a headshot and I will take your title and it will not be a genocide. It will be an herbicide. And I will put my foot on your throat and raise that title above my head. I'll see you in Crossville, String Bean. Let's hear some String Bean. So do we want OG String Bean or do we want, you know, new String Bean? Your choice. Those can go two different ways. This is your freestyle. Oh, gosh. Come on, cousin. Oh. So Duke Randall. Oh, Duke. Duke the nuke, the outlaw, the old school outlaw. You say I you, you say I took the cheap way out and attacked a man. I did no such thing. I had the number one contender's contract for any time in any place. I got eliminated early. But I remembered there's no reason to pout because I had that contract. So I waited till the perfect time to ascend back down from the tippy top of the beanstalk to take my opportunity and kick LVK's head off with my unrooted boot. You see, I'm the god of the garden. But you, you're nothing but a cowboy. And what happens to cowboys? They get shot and buried in the ground, which then feeds me more. And I grow and I grow and I grow and I grow until I can't grow anymore. And I bust out of that pot and I unroot my boot upside your head. And that is for your health. Oh, I love it. Holy shit. 
I got goosebumps right now. <laughs> that was good. You know. You know, as I sat around and and uh I had me a little ten- Tennessee sipping whiskey and I look at the look out across there from down here in the south. And I see two gentlemen up north. They they got a lot of things to say. They do say it. They say it well. The old school outlaw, Duke Randall. Hmm. Okay. The god of the garden, string bean. You know, I don't like beans unless they're, you know, Mexican refried with the senorita on the side, you know. Um, but they got my attention. So I think I may load up my truck, stop by the state of Texas and grab me a pool rope with a big cowbell on it and drive up to Illinois. Illinois, what, what the hell is in Illinois? I've, I've got to see this, you know. Maybe they got some good-looking country girls. I don't know. You know, Illinois. Yeah. Hell, it's a flat spot on the map. But I'm going to have to go up there and check that out because they've got my attention. So may have to put a fifth whiskey in hand, slap a little country girl in a two-step, and take a cowbell. Crack these two yahoos over the head because they've never, ever in their life experienced anything like what comes off the weapons rack when they get to feel the spear and they know they've just been struck by Striker. Tighten up your girth, boys. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Okay, Ben, we both suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. Oh, yeah. and I, you know, and uh, I think it's an art that shouldn't be lost. No, definitely not. See, and that's the thing. A lot of people think that every kind of promo has got to be written out. We did that off the top of our heads. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, and that's the thing. I mean, and good promos you can feed off each other, you know. Now, think we're doing that there, but think if we were in person and we're playing off each other's body vibes and everything. <laughs> hey, the fun! Oh yeah, and that's what used to be the fun part of watching interviews. Hey, lock, cock, ready to rock. <laughs> Let's go 2022. Hell yeah. Well, that was fun, guys. I enjoyed having you guys on, and thank you guys for helping make this podcast the success that it is. I mean, we're already getting heard in 10 different countries or more across the world. So I could we couldn't have had a good podcast without you, Stacey, and you, Ben. You know, you guys have made it awesome, and you guys have always made it fun because I can't exactly have very much fun on a talk show by myself. 
<laughs> well, I bet you do have a lot of fun by yourself. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Stroking the stock. Shut up, man. <laughs> oh, man. But on that you better, note. You better end this pretty fast. I am. <laughs> on that note, everybody, thank you, everybody, so much for going and following us uh, with our first year. Um I've got a lot more stuff coming at you in the new year, but on behalf of Stryker, Stacy Coughlin, the God of the Garden, String Bean, I am the Iron Man referee, Duke Randall, and we thank you guys so much for supporting us through our first year, and we will see you all in the new year. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram page, Wrestling with Monsters, along with our Facebook page, Wrestling with Monsters, and... Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Comcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcasts are listened to. I am the old school outlaw on behalf of Striker Stacy Coughlin and the God of the Garden Stream Bean saying Happy New Year, everybody, and we'll see you guys in 2022. This is Duke Randall signing off for Wrestling with Monsters, the podcast. Thank you, everybody, and Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling with Monsters, the podcast. Be sure to check us out on Facebook whenever we go and we debut another episode of our podcast. On behalf of the Iron Man referee, Duke Randall, and Major Freedom and the Radishing One, String Bing, we thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next time. Good night. Thank you.